It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Breathe better. Sleep better with Breathe Right nasal strips. 30-pack variants only $27.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ, Monday 10th of October. And I hope you've had a great weekend to boot. Lots happening, lots of sport. Don't know where you start, really. Kempi, morena to you, Kempi. Morena, morena, my bow, yeah. So much on, mate. Racing, rugby, league, oh, cricket. Everything's going on at the moment. <laughs> But, um, mate, it's weekend, weekend of watching, definitely some uh, some good wins. Well, one by the Ferns, one by the Kiwis, they're the main ones for me. But, um, mm. yeah, some surprises too on Saturday when at Mata Mata with uh, Imperatriz not looking like she likes the ground and dynastic. Jeez, what about that? Mm. Interesting, eh, Kempi? It was a tough day. Tough day tough on the day pun, at the office. I must say. Tough day trying to pick anything, anything. But yeah, Imperatries, interesting. La Creek just too good, too good to boot at the end of the end of that race. Just flew off and wow, Brandon, Brandon, too easy. And what's La Creek gonna do next? Anyway, Craig Grills, jockey that rode La Creek on Saturday, will join the show at 8:40ish. Maybe he'll give us a little inkling. I did some reading. Might be heading over to the Golden Rose. Katrina uh, Alexander, the trainer. Um, was talking um, and maybe potentially heading over to Australia to test it out against the Aussies. Be interesting. So, you know, Craig Grilsey coming up 8.40ish. Before then, though, Kim Pete, big show. We're going to talk some MLB, Major League Baseball, after 7 o'clock. We're, uh, well, we're just finishing up the wild card rounds. Ino, Ino Harris, baseball rep- reporter for The Athletic, will join the show to give us an update of where we're at. With the MLB getting into playoffs and to the juicy part of the season. So looking forward to that. And then, yep, Aroha touched on it. SVG, Shane get Van Gisbergen and Gartanda reign supreme on Mount Panorama. It was an easy gun for Shane as he was dealt many blows during the race. And a competitive Chaz Mostert 
pushing them right to the end. Dale Budge, motorsport enthusiast, will join the show to break it all down as SVG broke the record for 19 wins in a season. How good is that? And then following that, Les Alda, former Black Ferns captain, now Spark Sport commentator and analyst. She'll join the show uh, after 8 o'clock to talk about that performance against the Wallaroos. Wasn't polished, wasn't picture perfect, but man, they showed, showed grit, grit and determination to get the job done. 17-0 down, Kempi, 17-0 down to come back and, uh, well, score 41 unanswered points. A lot, of, lot to work on for Wayne Smith. No doubt, I was reading he had a sleepless night thinking about that start, and I was sitting there too, Kempi, 17-0. Yeah. <laughs> and I just kind of, I, I didn't want to say it, but I just could kind of picture it at the start. Just so much emotions. Sold-out stadium, never been done before. A World Cup in their backyard. A lot of these players playing their last tournament. A lot of these players playing their first tournament. You know, they haven't felt this before. So it would have been overwhelming for, for many of them. And how do you keep those uh, emotions in check? And then once Australia just cop, kept coming, kept coming, I was thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. But I really commend Wayne Smith, Alan Bunting, um, you know, Whitney Hansen for what they've done and the messages they were sending uh, these ladies out during the match to keep them calm. And then they worked their way back to get back to 17-12 going into halftime. They would have been very happy with that. But it's pretty stellar performance. I, I was proud, Kimpy. I was extremely yeah. proud watching that. I had, man, I had goosebumps and a little bit of emotions flowing through me. Just just very proud of, of what New Zealanders have done. But I want to say, Kimpy, this is my biggest qualm at the moment, is they went to Auckland and they sold out Auckland and Eden Park for one game, and I hope this is just isn't the one-off. We have to rally around these girls, these ladies, get out there, buy tickets, and just make it an absolute memory for them. That's my only worry at the moment, is that it's going to be a one-off. Yeah. Look, it's, um, I'm glad that that start happened right at the beginning of the tournament, you know, so you can go go away and work on it. You're dead right. as you know, such an emotional um, period for these girls to finally get to you know the Garden of Eden and kick off a World Cup on their home home soil, and you know a decent hucker to boot too right at the beginning. Oh. Um, so so emotion emotions would have ran extremely high through that through that team. And you're right, you know to get back being down 17-12 at half time to win by 41 points to 17. So many positives to come out of it, and hopefully Wayne Smith, after seeing but both what England and France did in that tournament at their beginning of their journey to the to the World Cup um, finals too, what they actually produced, because they were very impressive, both England and France. And, and you're dead right. If people want to want to get behind our country, then go along and support and um, and fill the stadiums. It's, you know, not not often World Cups come into our backyard, whether they're, they're men or women. And, and, the, and the, the ladies, they did very well to get that, uh, get that win under their belt in the first one. Yes, and I was even watching yesterday Whangarei. Um, good to see the crowds getting out there in Whangarei and watching uh, a great game yesterday. Uh, Wales taking on Scotland. Obviously, Wales getting the job done in the last minute, kicking a penalty to win 18-15 against emotionally charged um, Scottish team. But, mate, honestly, get out there, support them. The game, the, the Black Ferns game, 
Um, there's obviously so much work, and their, their defence was really passive at the start. They were waiting. Australia were just getting around the corner. They weren't able to get up. They were constantly tracking across the field, so they weren't able to put any pressure on them and penalise off the park. But they came together, and then, mate, honestly, I was a bit wary. If I'm going to be completely honest, I didn't think I, I, I was a little bit wary when Ruby Turi was going to go on the wing because um, traditionally she's in sevens. She played a lot of, in the forward pack. I was a bit questionable on her um, on her speed, but mm. man, did she prove me wrong on the weekend? She had speed to burn, man. I was actually going, "Wow, Ruby's genuinely quite quick." Man, she was so good. If you watch the start mm. of that game, Australia probably should have scored three times or another uh, two more times, but Ruby got in there, stopped the ball, shot our line, made a try-saving tackle right on line. So defensively, she was really good. But they're not attack, mate. She's a right winger. She was on the left-hand side most of the game. So it worked great just to get into position and start roaming. And then her other sevens, mate, Stacey Fluler, Like, just absolutely phenomenal, mate. I was yeah. just, uh, yeah, I was just in awe. I was in awe, Kempi. Yeah, and and that's what that's what's gonna it's gonna take, mate, to get them to win that World Cup too. Is that unstructured play, you know, where they're drifting around mm. and using their um, that attacking flair that they have. But you know, you can't start you can't start like that and give anyone seventeen points, especially the good teams. Otherwise, you're never gonna pull it back. They'll just keep grinding you into the ground. And it'll be yep. really interesting to see what Wayne does because he's been given a challenge right on day one. He's been given a challenge. He knows what's coming up, and he's got to get them firing right from the get-go. So, you know, they're very, very good teams, teams the, the English and the French. Um, when that time comes around, we don't want to be 17 points down. We want to be kicking off and getting straight into it. And using that flair that you talked about, Flula and Rubatui, um, up against those more structured sides, that's what Wayne and the, and the ladies have been talking about whenever we've had them on. You know, that's, that's our, our, our biggest asset. Is our flair? Yeah. So let's hope. Let's hope that um, you know that you lose that flair when you're chasing. Mm. You know you want to be you want to be right in charge of the game and allow that flair to express itself. But when you're chasing, you know you get a little as you know you get a little bit nervous and do things a little bit a little bit differently. Um, but well, I was really impressed with the way they came back. You know, it's um, that's a, that's a real positive for me. Yeah, I think their start was just, just comes down to emotions and and the whole. Pressure of being at home, haven't felt that that moment before. So, I think they'll be better for it. Definitely be better for it. And Smithy and Bunting and, and Whitney and, and all the crew will be will just be giving the right messages for sure. Give us a message double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine, or even better, give us a call oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. What'd you make of that? What'd you make of that Black Ferns performance compared to the? To the English side, who just absolutely dominated Fiji, 84-19. And you've got the pretty competitive France. They beat South Africa 40-5. to The other scores, Italy. The upset of the probably the round, I reckon. Italy beating USA 22-10 uh, to, to boot there. And then you've got Canada 41-5 over Japan. And then that last match, 18-15. Wales beating Scotland. What do you think of the... Black Fern's performance. Did they show signs? Did they show enough to get the job done? And the number one thing is, will you continue to go out and support them? Will you continue to go pack out Eden Park, Whangarei, wherever they're playing, to go and support them? I just hope and I pray 
that we can continue to buy tickets and get out to these games and start putting in some performances and uh, well, showing our wahine that we're right behind them. Steve-O sent a message in, Kempe. Good morning, gentlemen. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Just like to say very well done to the Northland boys on a great season. The win was not to be, but they played for each other and showed great effort. All the best. Have a great day, steve Yes, they did. They did. Very surprising. 78th minute, 20-16. to 20-16, they went down, Kempe, and uh, no, 23-16, they went down full-time. Obviously kicked a winning penalty, but, uh, mate, Canterbury just too dominant in the end, but Northland, solid performance, solid performance, and then Bayer Plenty yesterday. Bayer Plenty yesterday getting one up on the Waikato, 34-27, a little reverse of the weekend before, Kempi. So we've got our final four. We've got our final four sorted. 21-18, Auckland, Battle of the Bridge beating North Harbour. So Auckland, they will take on Wellington. They obviously, Wellington beat my Hawks Bay. <laughs> 28-21, not happy there. But hey, when you're 18-0 down at half time, no good. You got no chance. So they're their own... Worst enemies at the moment. And then you've got Bayer Plenty that will take on Canterbury in the other semi-final down here. Can be pretty fair summation of where the NPC is at, mate. The playoff series, we're into the final four. Yeah, look, I I think Canterbury are the ones to beat. Definitely, you know, they they got away and yeah, Northland did really well to come back and make a make a game of it. That Auckland North Harbour game, well, what about the what about the fifty eight Meter penalty goal from Sean Stevenson. Did you see oh, that, mate? mate he's yeah. look. He's lined it up, and I'm gone. No way. No, you're 60 meters out, mate. And he's hit it, and I've gone. That's unbelievable. You know, and they and they should have got home North Harbour, but they unfortunately couldn't get it over their cousins. Um, but yeah, I, look, I, I think it's a fair summation of where the competition's at is. Um, mm. Canterbury are the ones to beat, definitely. Mm. If, if I can be, can like talk, you know, Bayer Plenty, Bayer Plenty are actually genuine contenders, I feel. I, I reckon they can come down. Watching Northland and what they were able to do to Canterbury, look, yeah, the Canterbury were just too good in the end, and they're going to be tough to beat. Kempe definitely down here in Ototahi. This is their fortress, Orange Series Stadium. But Bayer Plenty, they just don't, they just don't look like they falter. They just got stressed. They they just got quality all over the park. They're a team that's playing together. You got Naitoa Akoi, who's in the loose forwards, and he is playing outstanding. You've got uh, Nigel A. Wong, the, probably the biggest winger in the competition, running bulldozing players left, right, and centre. It's um, it is crazy. It is crazy. Um, and Trent's come through. Trenty, Trenty, Trenty. What happened to Zaki? Zaki ran well, Trent. Zaki ran well, Trent, I must say, but Animo, oof, so good. Black Ferns are like Animo. They won in the weekend, but neither will win the big dance. Trent. <laughs> oh, Kimpy. Kimpy, Kimpy. Trent, eh? <laughs> Animo is unbelievable. You know, whoever got on the futures for that, for the Cox Plate, looking pretty healthy at the moment. I think Louis might be one of them, so we'll have to talk to him about that tomorrow. But 
mate, what a what a what a race! Like I, no, I didn't even I didn't even bother having a bet on that because there's just so many good horses in it. Um, but yeah, like I, I to be honest, it, it's a favourite for a reason. Um, and there's some really good horses coming around the back. It's all around timing, eh? If you have a look at Imperatries, if you have a look at La Creek, um, and getting the timings right for those big races, like, have they got it right with Animo? Because that's meant to be a lead in his, and for him to win it, um, yeah, maybe they've maybe they've they've pushed it too early. I'm not too sure. Yeah, mate, it was a fan. I, I, I took Moonga. I thought Moonga. Oh, after off his last start was going to go uh, well, and obviously just couldn't keep up, mate. What a race. Thunderstruck, Zaki, um, Animo just coming down their right-hand side, and then, well, J-Mac following it up again with Golden Mile, mate. What a jockey he is. He is phenomenal. So, Trent, hey, don't, don't come through with that, Trent, because old meow won't win anything. Anyway, anyway, double eight, double three. Keep those messages coming through. Marky's come through with a few messages. But right now, it's 20 past six. And it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Well, the All Blacks team was named yesterday to head north. Head north. Surprisingly, just come out of nowhere. Like you said, can be so much sport on. So much sport on. There was an announcement the All Blacks Northern Tour team would be announced yesterday at 4pm, yesterday afternoon. I think the biggest talking points will be which players or player was the unluckiest to miss selection? Double eight, double three. There is plenty to talk about, no doubt, because there's a couple of names that might be surprising or a couple of names that were surprisingly missed. Double eight, double three, Temper Bed Post text machine. Or even better, give us a call, 0800-150. The unluckiest player to miss selection heading north. We'll shoot away. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yes, welcome back. Can't wait. Question of the day. Did Fozzie get it right? Or was there a few unlucky selections missed? Hey, want to hear from you. Double eight, double three. 0800-1508-11. The All Blacks were named yesterday to head to the north to take on some formidable opposition. The biggest test, England. No doubt England. See where they're at. Twickenham, no better place to play and get a gauge of where you're at heading into the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Kempe, start with you first. Selections. The unluckiest, probably the most obvious Oh well, for me, and I'm a, I've been a big fan of this kid for quite a lot. While was Brad Weber, mate, I I think they need to take him away to the World Cup. You know, I know Finlay and and Falau, um, along with Aaron Smith, they have have been chosen as the three best halfbacks. But for the life of me, I don't know why Brad Weber isn't in that side side with the amount of energy and especially the type of form that he's been been into. Um, so pretty pretty predictable. Um, Stephen Putafeta getting that northern tour I thought was really interesting. Is you know mm. they're going to take him up there. He's obviously going to get some more um, more football. So that'll be that'll be great. And still leaving Roger Tuivasa-Shek in the midfielders and not on the outside backs line. Um, Anton Leonard Brown getting getting the nod. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's really going on with Roger. Where, where do they play him when they take him up there? But everyone else in there, I think, pretty well much that played through those um, Irish series in the championship are in that side. Um, what about you? Who do you think was probably the unluckiest bloke not to go? Uh, oh, there's probably only one unlucky. Whether he was unlucky or not, he had to. He gave himself a chance. It was obviously Damien McKenzie. Um, come back mm. and, and was playing for Waikato. He can cover two positions. He's going to head over to the All Blacks 15. He's going to get an opportunity over there to, to play some rugby. And I, I think it's a fair a fair shout that they've, they've retained Stephen Perafeta, who actually showed loyalty to New Zealand rugby, stayed here, could have went offshore and chased the money to to other places. He stayed here and he's going to get an opportunity. Um, Ian Foster's come out and spoken. He's going to play against Japan in their first game, so he's going to get some game time. Whether that's 10 or 15, we'll soon see. I'll probably predict um, he'll be playing 10 just to see where they're at. Got another option there if, if Bodie or, or Richie Moonga go down. Um, so th- those are probably the big ones there. I, I want someone I would have loved to have seen and, and given another opportunity was probably a potentially number six, another six. Another six um, heading over. You've got Akira, you've got Shannon Frizzell coming back, and I think Shannon will start. Um, so for me, I would have loved to have seen a Marino McAlee too. He's playing for Hawks Bay. He's a big six. Yeah. He plays for the Highlanders down in um in Dunedin and he's he's been fantastic for the last couple of years. Um someone like him I, I reckon deserves a, a, a chance in there and, and hopefully so if there was a bolter, it would have been him. Marino McAlley too. But yep, someone's come through, no one's unlucky. They've picked the same squad. Yes, they have picked the same squad, but like Kempi's just said Potentially might have been some changes for the halfbacks. Probably, they probably just want to stay law. Like, you know, they haven't really, well, not not taken their opportunity, I think, Kempe, those guys. Brad Webber, they know what they're going to get. Um, TJ Perinata, they know what they're going to get. Hit these, Take these young guys up north. If they take their opportunity, that's their jersey. If they don't, then they know what they're going to get with TJ and Brad, who are waiting in the wings. So Brad and TJ will head over with the All Blacks 15. Yeah, I, I just I just have a look at it, you know, and you think if Aaron Smith goes down, like, are you comfortable with Finlay or Falau actually leading your your um, your forward pack around and your linkage between between that back um, back row and the and the outside backs, you know? So with me with Brad Weber, I just think he's got that experience there. Probably, you know, you've got two half backs with a, um, a lack of experience if Smith goes down. That's what that's what I'm saying. I would have had it the other way. I would have had two experienced halfbacks and one young guy, and mm. that's just the the risk you run. I know Aaron Smith is hardly ever going down with injury, but um, you never know. It could throw it could throw hey. you a, a real wobbly. That's yeah. There's there are doubts here. If, if if as it goes down and someone's going to play 70 percent. Or seventy minutes of the game, and yeah. you're a little bit wary. You know, Falau Fakatavi is still pretty raw. He's very talented. Don't get me wrong, but he's very raw. If you need him to control the game for sixty minutes, I back him. But there still be a few doubts there for sure. Double eight, double three. Big surprises for you for the All Blacks. Did Fozzie get the team right? Are you happy? Are you disappointed? Was there any bolters you would have loved to see come through? Double eight, double three. 
We'd love to hear from you. We'll get to your messages soon, Mark and Kevin. But right now, we're going to shoot away here from Aroha, and then we'll get their headlines. Oh, Monday morning headlines with Joey B. Can't wait for this. Anyway, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Listen to Izzy and Kibby for breakfast. Joey Bell here doing your sports headlines at Bunnings Trade. Helping businesses is our trade. Boys, Premier League just wrapped up between Liverpool and Arsenal. Arsenal won 3-2 to go atop of the Premier League once again over Manchester City, who got a nice win 4-0 yesterday. Um, Formula 1, boys, I'm not even going to get into it. Look, I, I don't exactly know what happens. Every time I talk about Formula 1, I get it wrong. But I think what happened was Verstappen, he got full points. Everyone else, everyone including Red Bull, didn't think that four full points were on offer because it was um, a, a reduced race. But apparently it is, and I don't know why, and I don't think anyone does. So there you go. He's your latest champion. Uh, NFL action. They played over in um, London this morning. The Green Bay Packers against the Giants. The Giants got an upset. Two touchdowns late in uh, the fourth quarter. Danny Dimes showing out. And actually, last week, I don't know if we talked about this, boys, but we had a couple of our our own Kiwis over in London uh, at the international NFL tryouts. So um, hopefully one of our boys will get a shot later on then. And that's your sport headlines. At Bunnings Trade, we're... At Bunnings Trade, we're here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade. Sorry, Izzy, what were you saying? No, no, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen um, there's a couple of keys. I can't remember the exact names, but I saw um, an article about it, mate. Um, one of the big boys was doing the tryouts, and uh, hopefully they can get it get that one done, mate. That'll be phenomenal. Who who was our last? You probably when do you boys know who was the last Kiwi to play in the NFL? No idea, Izzy. No, I, I mean yeah. I think it was, it was before my time. I can't the remember. Rock. But we have we have an NFL uh, scout now. Actually, I think Jason Varker. He's um he he's been involved in the uh, American football community in Auckland for a while now. I think I actually crossed paths with him um when I was playing like ten years ago, and uh, he's now getting officially like paid to uh, scout players here in New Zealand. So they're taking our talent seriously. How good! How good! If anyone knows, double eight, double three. Who was our latest? Who was our last NFL? If we ever had one, I don't actually know. I don't actually know that one. That'll be interesting. But there's been a couple of Aussies, a couple of the old leagueies try and head over and, and have a crack at it and, and give it a wee uh give it a wee go and, and have a go. But Kempy, gotta to get to you for this one. How good did the Kiwis look? Kempy. Rahotu. Rahotu from Rahotu. How good the Kiwis. Seventy nil. Just brained them. Leads. You can't take much out of a warm up, but things look pretty bright there at the moment. It sort of reminded me too, you know, like we used to tour over there and play all the club teams. So you'd play club midweek and um, generally you play your top teams on the weekend uh, over there in England when you used to go on those old three-month tours, mate. It was awesome. Uh, And really disappointing, actually, how Leeds Leeds turned up because they were the finalists this year against St. Helens. Rowan uh, Smith being bought in. They were actually headed to relegation um, earlier on the year before they bought Rowan Smith in and... They actually look like they're heading back to relegation the way they played against the Kiwis, to be brutally honest. But they didn't really break out of a sweat. They, um, you know, going through their paces, they just, you know, weren't up to defensively leads. And they looked really, really good, the Kiwis. Um, 
few question marks around um, selections is for me, I think. Um, I'll leave that for off the back fence because I've co- covered it off in that. Uh, but yeah, a few selection dra- dramas for Madge Maguire. And one of the commentators was saying that um, they've actually offered Thomas a little while coaching gig in there and to stay on. So after his um, sort of a testimonial was is ending to his international career, I thought it was a great touch by the New Zealand Rugby League to, to give Thomas that opportunity. Um, he also gets to stay there, having won a World Cup in 2008, to be a part of the team through this competition. So, yeah, man, it's it's impressive, eh? You know, like you're looking at it, you're going, mm, that's generally the Kangaroos that go over there and win their first up game by 70 points. So, to have the Kiwis hit the hit the ground running, yeah, it's a it's a warning shot across the bow. You know, they're there they're there to win it. Yes, they are, Kempi. 70-odd nil, warning shot fired. And Thomas Lulawai, we spoke to him last week, and it was great to chat to him. Start of the week just to get the week rolling and touched on the, well, the, the kind of, you know, what it means to play for the Kiwis. Spoke about how humble they were, how much they really want to work for it, and then he got an opportunity to, to end on his own terms, leading his country. And we touched on it. We said, are you going to stay on, you know, being a former winner, you've won the World Cup, you know what it takes, that IP that he is able to offer. And, well, they've made that decision. And what a great decision that is to boot. Well done, NZRL. And, well, they're going forward. They're taking on Lebanon this weekend in their opening match, Kempe Lebanon. Hopefully uh, we can get that job done. They, they've got a solid squad, Lebanon, but we should be should be easy money for the for the, um, for the Kiwis this weekend there, Kempe. Yeah, look, they just haven't got the depth. They've got some um, decent players in there, but they just haven't got the depth. And I just think through the round robin, uh, especially in Australian and, and New Zealand's um, pools, the, the, they should waltz through those rounds. It's really when you get to the quarters that the, the games are going to start to hot up. A um, few, few warm-up games played over the weekend, uh, you know, but now it's just like the, the Women's World Cup. We're waiting for the kickoff this week. Get into it. And, um, yeah, over the next five weeks, let's just see where the boys end. And it looks like the semi-finals are, are really where it's going to heat up because you're going to have a few matchups um, where teams that you expect to be in the final probably won't make it. So, no, it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's just full. Mate, between now and Christmas, we've got plenty to talk about. Mm. We've got, we got plenty to talk about for sure. England taking on Samoa. you got Australia taking on Fiji. Scotland taking on Italy. Jamaica taking on Ireland, and then New Zealand taking on Lebanon, France taking on Greece, and then Tonga, Papua New Guinea, Wales, Cook Islands. Ooh, there is league to boot for sure. I oh, asked the Christian NFL, Stephen Pyre, Stephen Pyre, and Paul Lasicki. Paul Lasicki, I actually met Paul. I should have remembered that one. I actually met Paul. He played for Chicago Cubs, he played for rugby for the uh, USA Eagles as well. And he was the running back for Chicago Cubs, and we met him when we played there for the ABs taking on Ireland. So I should have remembered that. Poor me, there's been a couple of big ones there. A message come through. Dave Dixon might be our last NFL player. I think that's from Brady. Well, Brady, come through, because it's that time of the morning where you, wow, just come into your own. 0800 150 Take on the Quizmaster, the Yizmaster. Kempi's got his clues ready. I've had a wee look. Gettable. Gettable today. Get a ball today. We've been nice today. So 0800-150-811. Take on the quiz master, the is master. Come on. Come on. This is how you do it. Quizzy, they can play it. 
This is how we do it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. DIB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. 0800. 150-811 Now give us a call Yes, that's right. Give us a call while you have because the phone lines are full. Let's rip straight into it. Kerry, morning to you. Morning, boys. Morning, morning. morning. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. Good luck. $50 TAB bet hopefully coming your way. Here we go. When was the last time SVG, Shane Van Gisbergen, won Bathurst 1000? Ah. Uh, I get a clue. Ooh, a couple. Hey. A couple ago. 2020. 2020 is correct. Well done. Question number two. The Black Caps beat Shot Bangladesh joke. yesterday. How many wickets did they win by? Eight. Eight is correct. Question number three. Which Kiwi scored a first half debut hat-trick against Leeds on the weekend? Kiwi's league team. Uh, Chris. Chris. Sebastian Chris is correct. You're on, Kerry. Question number four. Which Golden State Warriors player is on indefinite leave after punching a teammate at training? Clay uh, Thompson. No, it's not Clay. Man, he did extremely well, Kerry. Appreciate your call. Chat to you tomorrow, my mate. Thank you. Cam. Morning, Cam, from Cambridge. Morning, lads. How are you? Good. First time caller, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Text in now and then. Nice, Cammy. Well Come done. On, Welcome man. into the show. Which Golden State Warriors player is on indefinite leave after punching a teammate at training? Hell of a punch, too. Well, it'd be a hard one. I'd say Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Green. Oof. Knocked him out. Jordan Paul. See you later. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, question number five, mate, to take home the money. Who do the Black Ferns next take on at the World, Women's Rugby World Cup? Oh, Jesus. Um, I fun friend. You may. You could do this in Kaikoura. You can go to Kaikoura and... On a boat, you can do this. I'll go whales. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There you go, Cammy boy. Cammy boy. I don't know if you know, but if you give us a call for the first time on quiz, we'll do anything possible to get you the dub. Okay, Cammy? Wicked. 500. You turn that into 500, mate, and you send it to 555's 
Six eight, thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Uh, now, nah, well done, Cam. Well done, mate. That was awesome. Um, welcome to the show and first time caller, first time winner, mate. Many more to come. Thanks to everyone that's called through on the on the on the line. There was well, the phone line was running hot. And I felt bad because they all hang up really quick when Cam gets it right now. I'm like, sorry, team. But, hey, we'll be back tomorrow, Kempi, to read a few. But, um, mate, awesome quiz. Great quiz, Neves. But but, but nice today, Neves. A little bit nicer today. You, you all right? You had a good weekend, did you? Actually, it wasn't the biggest weekend for me, boys, actually. I was, I, you know, I was feeling quite friendly. I was enjoying my day watching Bathurst yesterday. I thought I'd go easy for the start of the week, you know? We'll, we'll rip yeah, into it. Don't nice. wait till we get to Friday, boys. I'll be I'll be absolutely humming again. <laughs> get him humming, watching Bathurst, mate. What a race! What a race! SVG getting it done. Garth Tander, five-time King of the Mountain, and uh, getting the job done. So appreciate it. Thank you, Neeps. Thank you, Kempi, for those Kaikoura clues. Wales, <laughs> Wales sightseeing. How good is that? We're going to shoot off, and we'll come back and rip into a few of these messages. Marshy? I agree, but I won't read it. Here we go. Back shortly. Yes, well done to Cam from Cambridge. He come through first time, call on the quiz, and he got the job done. A TAB bonus bet coming his way. Well done. Well done. Back tomorrow. Give yourself another chance. Some messages on the temper bedpost text machine. Morena lads in Aroha. Yeah, boy, up the bay of plenty. And the conundrum now is who do I support next week? Stay with the roots or back where I live now? So is he going to go Come back on, to the one eyed Cantab? One eyed Hulk Cantab? Or is he going to be <laughs> Bay of Plenty Hard? The Bay. I'll say it. The Bay. The Bay, Mark. You are the Bay. Keep their messages coming through. Anyway, another one from Kevin. Morning, Izzy. Animo so reminds me of Kingston Town. It's an absolute champion in waiting. J-Mac is the best jockey, best jockey by far I've ever seen. Look where his wrists are when he rides. Low and relaxed. The Zaki ride, impatient. Kevin from Titarangi. Zaki, impatient. Fair summation there, Kempi. Zaki went off too early. Well, he likes to get out there, doesn't he? Yeah, he likes to get out there and make him chase him down. And You just... Mate, Group Ones. You want to, if you want to go, you got to get your timing right. These, um, they know where the line is. A lot of these horses. I agree. J Mac, best jockey um, in the world, and mm. should be recognised for it down here in New Zealand. Hopefully, in some awards next year, if we can get New Zealand thoroughbred to uh, get that across as a sports, you know, as a as a high performing sportsman, J Mac should should get some recognition over the next few years. Oh, he should do. He should do, Kempi, and wow, that, what about that finish? Animo, Thunderstruck, Zaki, three are probably the best horses in Australia at the moment, and then you got Maunga to boot at the back. It's um, phenomenal, phenomenal. And we even got more racing coming up, Caulfield Cup, everything, Group 1s in New Zealand, you got the Livermore, potentially like Creek heading over to Australia, and Peartrez, what happens to Peartrez? Unbeatable a while back now, just can't even get close. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk some MLB, baseball can beat, going to talk it all, and then we're going to talk some SVG, some supercars, king of the mountain, big hour ahead. Keep those messages coming through, double eight, double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand.
Support joint comfort and digestive well-being with Neutralife Ultra Strength Turmeric from $31.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Monday, 10th of October. It's just after 7 o'clock. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend, hanging out with your loved ones, eating some nice food, watching tons of sport because, honestly, you needed about 600 tallies to keep up. There was plenty on, and we're trying to get through it all this morning. We'll be covering some baseball shortly some supercars, SVG, Shane Van Gisberg and King of the Mountain. Oof, champion. Record to boot too. 19 wins this season. Taking over from Scotty McLaughlin. He's just an absolute genius when it comes to motorsport SVG. Partnering up with Garth Tander to get the job done. We'll be talking that shortly with Dale Budge. And then after eight, after eight we'll talk some Black Ferns with Les Outer, former captain. Les Outer will join the show to break down Saturday night's performance with Kempi we spoke about. Wasn't complete, but signs that they got the job done when it really mattered. And Trent, well, just a wee bit better than Zaki. Just a wee bit better than Zaki. Anyway, double eight, double three. We're going to talk some baseball shortly. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on in the NFL because my tie, uh, my Panthers are taking on Joey B's 49ers shortly. Are we going to have a little wager there, Joey? I mean, if you want to lose money, sure. <laughs> um, well, You're the best well, how do you know you're going to win? <laughs> yeah, well, it's pretty obvious. Let's just go to Eno. It's pretty obvious, boys. <laughs> no, it's not obvious, mate. It's not obvious, okay? You just stay true, mate. You stay true. All right. We'll sidetrack to the other sport, the other other major league sport in America. Can you believe it? We're already in October. It felt like just last week we were talking about the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. Fast forward a year and postseason baseball has returned to the States with the wild card round almost finished after only two days of action before we head into the divisional series. We thought we'd head across to America and catch up with Eno Saras. Eno is a senior writer for The Athletic and he's with us now to recap a memorable weekend of games. Morning Eno, thank you so much. Or should I say afternoon to you my friend, how are you doing? That's right. I'm actually on the West Coast, so it's still morning, and thank you thank you for having me. 
No, we really appreciate it, mate. It seemed like a long day of games, mate. What did you end up, what time did you finish up last night? Uh, yeah, all the way uh, down to about midnight and uh, just wall-to-wall games. I, I, I really enjoy it when there's four games on. It's just really hard sometimes. You got mm. to switch between two games on at the same time, and uh, there's a lot going on. But it was a lot of good baseball. Mate, you do you do that down here too. We switch it between channels, about 60 of them at the moment with so much sport on. But what, what got you excited about the weekend, mate? What was your highlight? I think the Mariners, uh, who haven't been in the playoffs for, uh, I think, 20 years, uh, they came back from seven runs yes. down against the Blue Jays and, uh, and won in the, uh, in, the, in the bottom of the ninth or at the top of the ninth. And uh, uh, that was a really exciting game. Coming back from seven runs isn't something that happens very often. That was crazy. 8-1, and then that ball gets skied in the air. They run into each other. They knock each other out. And then they they come back. So what went wrong for the Blue Jays, mate? Particularly in the eighth innings. You know they don't have the greatest bullpen, and yeah. uh, you know defensively they're not maybe the one of the very best teams. And you saw both of those things happen at the same time, where uh, their bullpen was allowing balls in play, and their <laughs> defense wasn't cleaning it up. Yeah, what oh, what led crazy. to that turnaround for Seattle this season? That led to them making the playoffs for the first time in twenty years. Uh, I think, you know, one of one part of it was having basically a favorite for the rookie of the year, Julio Rodriguez, this, you know, great young talent, uh, really found his power stroke in the second half uh, and really took off and that they needed help in the lineup. So him being really great with the bat uh, really helped them. They've put together a really good pitching staff and they traded for Luis Castillo, who's uh, near ace level, you know, he's an ace. It's just, a, if he, is he top five or is he top ten? You know, that's for up, to, up for debate. But they improved their team at the deadline, and they've always had a really good bullpen. So it just all came together for them in the second half. Well, there's a decider tonight between the Mets and the Padres. Were you anticipating more of a wild card matchups to a game three? Uh, this will be this will be a toss up, I think, actually, because you know Joe Musgrove, the guy who's pitching for the Padres, he's probably better than the the pitchers that the Mets will throw out there because the Mets threw out Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom, basically two of the top three or four pitchers in the game, and somehow the Padres came away with a victory in one of those games. So it actually the advantage might might flip a little bit towards the Padres. They just need to be able to score enough mm. runs. They've had trouble scoring runs. And who do you expect to come out and just swing that bat and hit some home runs tonight out of the Padres and the Mets? I think Manny Machado is his time. He He's uh, probably a, either the NL MVP or second place, um, and he uh, needs to shine now. And he, he is ice cold, man. Like, you know, in terms of coming, stepping to the plate with – uh, people on in the bottom of the ninth. He's the guy you want out there. He's totally ice cold and, and ready to, to do what the, the damage that needs to be done. Well, someone that's doing the damage, mate. He is just a global superstar, and he is a name that every Kiwi, if you love sport, you know. Aaron Judge. Judge. Judgy. Can he lead the Yankees to a World <laughs> Series? <laughs> I think so. I think so. They've got a deep team. Uh, you know, it'll depend a little bit on, you know, their pitchers. Garrett Cole needs to step up. He's a $300 million man. Uh, mm. and he has, he's, he's pitched pretty well, but he hasn't, he hasn't pitched like that well. So, uh, you know, if he pitches to his, to his abilities, 
I, you know, judge is going to hit a homer and he's going to take a bunch of walks. That's, you know, that's, that's for granted. So, um, you know, they just need to keep some, put some zeros up on the other side. Can you just talk to us about the enormity of, of what Aaron Judge has been able to do compared to the Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa's, obviously a lot of controversy there, but mate, this, this achievement for Aaron Judge, like it's phenomenal, isn't it? Yes, uh, the season he just had, it was basically uh, one of the 15 best seasons ever put up by a hitter uh, in the history of baseball. So that's, you know, 120 years of baseball. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and, and he's had one of the top 15 seasons up there with Babe Ruth and all the legends, yeah. uh, Hall of Famers. So that, he just really had a great season because it's not, it's not only about the homers. Uh, he hit over mm. 300 he took a bunch of walks. He almost won the triple crown, which is, you know, batting average, home runs, and RBI. So he was a complete hitter in every in every way. Crazy. Well, it was pretty emotional yeah. last night um, watching Albert um, Pujols and Yadier Molina play their last game for the St. Louis Cardinals. Mate, they, they, Albert with his 700-plus games, it must be uh, – you must have some fond memories of those two playing. Oh, man. I, I started watching baseball more regularly right at the beginning of Pujols' career, and he just couldn't do wrong. He was a guy that would not strike out, walked, and then hit lasers everywhere. And, you know, I'm really happy for – the thing I'm most happy about is he, he kind of he, – he wasn't so great in, in Anaheim. He, you know, the end of his career, he – he wasn't as good as he used to be, and it was kind of a little bit sad. It just happens. You get older. You're not as good as you used to be. But this season was a really, really good season. And I love it when a guy goes out on the top of his game. You know, Then you can remember him as a good player, and you don't remember the kind of guy who was just hanging around collecting paychecks. So he really had a great season, and I'm so happy for him because he's, he's a classic, classic player and a, and a great veteran. So he was one of the reasons why I supported Anaheim Angels. <laughs> Mike Trout, he had Albert Pujols. Um, they, they had some phenomenal players, but now they just struggle. Can, can you give me any confidence for the Anaheim Angels going forward? I mean, they have two of the ten best players in baseball in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. <laughs> Shohei Otani yeah. is probably the best best player in baseball. Even, even, if, even if Judge wins the MVP, you know, Otani is doing things that uh, even Babe Ruth didn't do. So um, that's a good place to start. The problem in baseball is it's a 26-man roster. You know, it's not mm. – you can't in, – in basketball, if I told you in basketball – oh, and shout-out to Sam Macy who's listening uh, out there. Uh, he does some writing for us uh, at The Athletic. I know he's listening. Uh, in basketball, if you've got two guys uh, – if you've got two guys out there – uh, that are the yeah. best in the game. You're gonna you're gonna win a lot of games, right? You can do whatever you want with the rest of the roster. Uh, but uh, in baseball, you need to have pitchers. You need to have a bullpen. You need to need to have a complete team. So it's what they need to do is find uh, some pitching, and that's that's been true every year. Yeah, you did right. You did right. Two out of twenty six. You're never gonna get the job done. You can't just give the ball to Mike Trout and say hit it and pitch it and catch everything, mate. You need a team effort and you're yeah, dead exactly. right. Another one. <laughs> another another phenomenal player in the league, Bryce Harper. He is a big name, one of the big names. Can he lead the Phillies to deep deep postseason run? You know, I, he hasn't been quite the same after he broke his thumb. He got hit by a Blake Snell pitch 
um, and uh, and it broke his thumb. He came back, uh, but he's also playing with a partially torn elbow ligament. Uh, he, that's why he can't play in the field because he can't throw. So he's uh. he's he's hanging on and he's trying. He's a really really good player, but he's not in top physical form right now. So um, you know, and and they're they're going up against the Braves, who just have pitching, have hitting, won it last year. Uh, I think this will be a tough one for for Bryce Harper. Beautiful, mate. Oh, we're gonna have to wrap it up nice and quick here, Eno. We appreciate you coming on. Just quickly, who are you thinking? Who's your gut feel heading towards as we head right into the juicy part of the season? Who's going to win it all? The, I, I, you're not going to like this, but uh, I think I think it might be the Astros because uh, they, you know I know that they were cheaters, uh, but they're they're the they're the best team in baseball, man. They can pitch, they can hit, they can field, so they're they're the favorite. And it, and the, if it's not the Astros, I think it'll be Astros Dodgers, and and that's uh, that doesn't make anybody happy. <laughs> so talk to me. Are they still quite hated around the league? Because of what happened yes, so long Yes, <laughs> very much. Carlos Correa, who used to play there, now plays for the Twins. And when the when they come to town, they still get he still gets booed. He plays for a totally new team. He still gets booed. Jose Altuve gets booed. He said he didn't even cheat. Uh, and there's there's some evidence that maybe he didn't. But uh, yeah, there's uh, they 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 are hated. The Astros are still hated. Oh man. <laughs> Now, you know, you won't be hated, mate, because we appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some light on the MLB, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, giving us a little lead into what's about to unfold going forward, mate. The Houston Astros getting the job done? Wow. I think many will hope you're wrong, my friend. Appreciate you coming on, Eno. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, Eno Salas. He is a writer for The Athletic, talking about baseball, Kempe, my Anaheim Angels, no chance. Two of the best players in the league, but just can't find anyone to pitch the ball. No pitches, mm. no doubt. You got a team that you support in the in the MLB there, Kimpy? Look, I'm a, oh. I'm not a fanatical supporter of MLB, but I do enjoy watching the old game. And I was watching a, a fair bit. I watched that um, Mariners game for the Blue Jays, 8-1 down. The Mariners, yeah. and then they skyrocket a ball. Two of these players knock themselves out. They come home and score three runs, and then they just slowly eat down this little lead. It was crazy. Yeah, no, and just the amount of games that they play too. I've always been a MLB tragic. I like watching, especially them, um, the battles between the pitchers and the batters, and the good ones coming up here. And Judge getting that uh, sixty-second home run was something to watch. Um, Pujols, you know, look. Re- retiring those type of legends that have been around for a long time. Um, yeah, I don't mind St. Louis. You you know, hard to get away from the Jeters though, and the and the and the and the New York um, side. Yeah. You know that that's where baseball sort of you know for me starts and finishes because of all the history. So um, I like I like watching it. I've had a, I've had a crack at it too. I'm you know being an old softballer, I'd like to have a crack at baseball. I had a crack at it too, mate. Oh, it's good fun hitting those balls. Were those wooden yeah? bats? Did you ever go? Oh, I had a go, mate. I, I actually got uh, my hairdresser, um, Kazon, his name was. He was a Japanese dude. And he was playing um, the Masters, World Masters here in Auckland. And I was just telling him about my softball career. And he said, oh, come down and trial with the baseball side. So I went down there, did a, did a training session with him. I was the oldest bloke down there. But they gave me a bat. And uh, they, said they were throwing these balls in. And it took me, I missed a couple of first two. I was going, oh, yeah, they're a bit small, those balls. And then next one, I 
out of the park. Out of the park. He just <laughs> follows me going, whoa, you can just come and bat. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I, I actually didn't end up going because I did three hours. I went, mate, I'd probably have one at bat and then I'd want to go home. I'm not hanging around here for three hours watching you guys bat and bat and field. So it's good fun, though, mate. Those little those little balls are a bit bigger diamonds. Um, and, and having a guy throwing it at you as opposed to underarm pitching that we're used to dealing with softball, real different. But good fun. Yeah, nice, Kempe. We were lucky uh, in 2016. We were playing in Chicago for the All Blacks taking on Ireland, and that was the year the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. And it was crazy. As soon as they won it, the whole city just lit up, fireworks going everywhere. Probably about three million went to the parade right by our hotel. It was just absolutely an unbelievable crazy. experience. Unreal experience. Yeah. Those, those stadiums over there are amazing, eh? You mm. know, you think that Eden Park's yeah. a big, big, big stadium, but for a baseball game, there's 10 times the size. Yeah. No, it was very, very, we were just so lucky to be in Chicago when the Chicago Cubs won the 2016 Major League Baseball competition for the first time in, I think it was about 100 years, mate. So, like, it's been a long time coming, the Cubs got the job done. Anyway, that was some Major League Baseball chat. With Eno Saras came on. If you're a baseball fan, head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and have a listen to that. He brought some uh, great insights and he, who he predicted. Some of you might be happy, some of you won't. Houston Astros, uh, you remember, many of you fans will remember a few years ago, a little bit of a cheating little scenario went down there at the Houston Astros. Had a few cameras parked up in some places, just watching a few of those calls from... From the um, from the catcher. Anyway, coming up, we're going to hear from Kempe because no doubt he's coming off that kitty kitty back fence right where he is. Back shortly was off the back fence with Kempe. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yes, well, the Kiwis, they got the job done against grand final runners up, the Leeds Rhinos, yesterday morning. Up in Yorkshire in the UK. This was nothing more than a training run for the boys. And with a 74-0 scoreline, the Kiwis hardly broke out in a sweat. However, for me, a couple of interesting selection conundrums are waiting for Madge Maguire as he tries to settle on his team before the semis come around because I think that's when they'll need to make some hay. The first one is who skippers aside, the captain. You'd seem to think if Liotta and Fisher-Harris, the Penrith front rowers, are fit, you'd expect that they would start in the front row alongside Brandon Smith. And, of course, NRL front row of the year, Joe Tarpany has to be put in there somewhere too, so he'd probably get the 13 jersey to round out the middle. So where does that leave Jesse Bromwich, who was named as skipper? Mm, that's a tough one. And the other decision for me is, who will carry the bench spot to cover Brandon Smith at hooker? We saw Kieran Fawn running around at halfback, but does he go with Marshall King, who came on late, who's an out-and-out hooker to cover that spot? This is probably the spot that will determine how far we go in the cup. Yes, the number 14 jersey, for me, is the conundrum that Madge needs to sort out. Well, for me, I'd carry Forum, not Marshall Hughes, on the bench in 14. The experience, I think he'll be able to do enough to get us home. And, of course, Jerome Hughes has to be named skipper. There is no place for Jesse Bromwich in the side, especially the starting side. Big calls for Maguire. 
but the right call for the team. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Big call, Kempy. Right call. I'm with you. I'm with you, mate. Like, um, Jerome Hughes is just, uh, oh, he's just a phenomenal player. He's, he's got to be there. He's got so much leadership characteristics. He's He's been at the storm. He knows what it takes to lead a team. And do you think he'll make that call? Do you think coach like Madge Maguire is brave enough to make the call, knowing that he's already come out and said Jesse Bromwich is the captain? It's a bit like the ABs at the moment. Will they bite the bullet and make that call, knowing how much competition we got in those middle rows? Well, it's funny you say that, because it is like the Sammy Kane situation, isn't it? He gets named as captain of the All Blacks, but mm. you're sort of questioning whether or not he's actually going to get a start. and. If you if if you're looking at the Kiwi front row, you you look at Liotta. He was the best front row on the fi- on the grand final on the pitch, so he's got to mm. start. And Fisher Harris's partner, look, they set the tone throughout the semi-finals and railroaded the grand final. That's where it all started. And you add Brandon Smith to it. You don't think Jesse Bromwich gets a start? Well, you got to have rocks in your head if you leave either Fisher Harris or Liotta out. So. You can't put him anywhere else. You put him on the bench, you can't skip it from the bench. And Joe Tarpin has got to be in the side too. And so logic says that if you're a selector, you go with what one-year grand final and you've got to put the best NRL front row in, in the back of the scrum. And I, I, I think you're right. Jer- Jerome Hughes, if you watch that game on the weekend, he was, mate, when he came on, they, they had spiders on him. No one could touch him. Um, <laughs> and I think he's a really good captain anyway. Talking to, to Frankie Panisi this year, he basically said that Jerome Hughes skippers aside, so I think he, I think he needs to make the call. I think he should make it earlier um, mm. rather than later. I think he should start with Jerome as skipper, and and I know that they'll need to give those boys a run anyway um, in the front row, Fisher Harris and Liotta. So the only way I see Jesse Bromwich being the captain made is if he's one of the starting front rowers. Mm, beautiful, Kempy off the back fence, double eight, double three. You agree with Kempy? Jesse Bromwich not even going to be a feature. In the starting team, Jerome Luai, captain of the Kiwis, double eight, double three. There's a message here. Thomas Luluai, still sharp. Any of the halves go down. Chuck the uncle in there. That's from unknown Texas. And, well, Kempi's smiling. He agrees. He is not in his head. What do you think? Kempi's off the back fence. Come through, double eight, double three. Or even better, give him a call. 0800-150-811. Coming up, Joe's Choices Flooring Pole. But before then... Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Drum you. Is he in Kippy for breakfast? Sorry, is he? I just uh, turn your mic on as you're yelling, Jerome Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because there's a few Jeromes. I was actually hoping, you know, like, I probably said Jerome Lewis, like, you know, like, far out. You know how we roll. We, we, no, we roll. Fast and loose. Jerome and Hughes, more. Thomas Lewis. Yeah, there's just, you gotta yeah. Joe, mate. you got to be careful with Joe with those mics. Joe? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Real fast and loose. 7.30, that's your only first mistake, so it's all right. That's pretty good, isn't it? Not bad. Do you remember when I... That's pretty good. Do you remember when I left our mics on the first week and I almost lost my job? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Look how far we've come, eh? <laughs> Anyways, boys, Choices Flooring Bowl time. Floors of Living Salon now at Choices Flooring Bowl. Uh, you can find on the SCNZ app. Boys, real simple one. One game down, 
Who do you think is going to win the Women's World Cup? Are you still backing the Black Ferns? Were you impressed by what England did? Did even the Aussies stun you? Do you think that they're capable of pulling an upset? Or are you backing France? Who you got, boys? New Zealand. 100%. New Zealand. New... What what do you think? Do you think I'm going to come out and say England? Well, look, I mean... You know, 25% of people have said England so far, so there are some people who are backing them. That's yeah. English. <laughs> <laughs> Look, England are favourites. England are genuine favourites. They're genuine favourites to come down here, and we've got to have a perfect performance to rattle them. But, I'll, you know, I'm staying true and pride. I'm proud, and I'm going to stay with the Black Ferns. So, yeah, I, I genuinely think they can win it. But they, they need to put in a lot of work, particularly in defence. And and also Kempi and Joe, if you, if I can just carry on for that performance, you watch if you read the stats after about sixty minutes, New Zealand only kicked twenty meters to Australia's two hundred and twenty, and we can't do that. We can't. We cannot have a, a non-existent kicking game if we're going to play um, against England and France. We cannot run it from our own twenty-two every single time. So Kendrick Coxedge, Ruahe Demont. And uh, Renee Holmes really need to step up in that department and and offer some kicking um, options there because that was my only doubt I had is when we are in under a little bit of pressure whether someone can relieve that pressure. The Australian halfback did it really well. So Kendra uh, or Ruahe, they really need to step up in that department and start kicking for some corners and relieving pressure. That is my only query from that performance here, Kempe. Well, it's field, it's field position, eh? You've got you to be tracking people back all the time. You can't just allow, you know, the big English forwards, the big French forwards just to be parked up in your half all game. Otherwise, you're just going to have so much fun. So you're dead yeah. right. You've got to get them turned around. You've got to get them resetting all the time. And you've got to get them mm. backtracking and making them work to get up in, inside your, uh, your good ball area. So... Yeah, really interesting stat that is that's nowhere near enough in rugby union. You you come up against mm. a good size, they'll strangle you. They'll strangle you in that position. Yeah, they, they were. That's That was probably our, our Achilles heel for that performance is we weren't able to relieve pressure. And because of that, if you actually watch that game and we're our defence, we kept going across the field. But that's because we weren't able to put them under pressure so they'll get an LQB lightning quick ball and they were able to just get the ball wide, and then you watch us, we were running across field, we weren't able to, able to get up. So want to see them tackle them, and then you saw in the second half, they started coming off the line, getting bodies in front of bodies, and coming off the line, and, and putting pressure on Australia, and then the, the rest is history. But yes, Joe, I genuinely think the Black Ferns can go and win this. It's going to take a hell of an effort, particularly over England and France, but I'm supporting them all the way, are you and as, no doubt my are you confident in your Panthers? Too. Yeah, I'm confident in my Panthers. Yeah, what do you want to put on it? Oh, I mean lunch. Lunch. Oh, definitely. You know, what? I'll, I'll take you and Kimpy out for lunch if um if your Panthers win. I'll take I'll take. Okay. The, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll jump on board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on. Nip's you're on too. Louis can't, but I'll yeah, I'll take you four boys out. <laughs> I'll choose. 
I'll choose the venue too. Oh, no, 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 I'll choose the venue. No, we, yeah, of course. Wait, okay. Hey, you want to you wanna come on here and be confident? <laughs> you got to be reasonable. Come on. Okay, you got to be reasonable. Remember who you're talking to. It is to. reasonable. No, no, it is reasonable, but I mean, just please, like, don't push me too hard. SBQR. Like, you know. <laughs> 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 I'm going to get some duck parfait with some oysters. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Can't wait for that free thing. Joe, because your 49ers are going to crumble, my friend. Anyway, go on the Choices Flooring poll to have a wee vote on that. Who do you think will win? We're one game down. Who are you backing to win the Women's Real Rugby World Cup? Double eight, double three, or Choices Flooring poll on the app. See your floor view change with an instant with room view. The Choices Flooring view view program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. Kempe, look, there was a huge race on yesterday. The V8 Supercars, Mount Panorama, Bathurst 1000, SVG, getting the job done, mate. It had it all from the start to the finish. There was interruptions. Eight safety cars coming out during that race. Eight safety cars. And from the start, it was carnage. It was absolute carnage, mate. But That's the right man getting the job done in the end, eh? Oh, mate, what about Matty White? Matty White gave all of our punters last week a leg up and said um, the big giz, he gets the job done and I think it was playing full mm. backs at, at the TAB, so be quite a few happy punters out there that jumped on the nose. He said when the rain comes down, the giz actually wins by, by, by 10 lengths. He he, mm. he just gets better as, as, as it comes down, so mate, I, I was watching it and every time I watch Bathurst, it just brings back so many memories, not just of the race, but all of those old cars, you know, the Holden Falcon, the rivalries on a heap of mates who got their cars parked up there. They love talking about which is the best one, the Holdens or the Fords, but Holden getting it done on their last run around that track, unbelievable. Couldn't, couldn't have asked for a better finish. Yeah, sing, a signature way to finish it off, mate. Just a perfect finish for um, for Shane Van Gisberg and getting the job done. 19 wins, the record taking that from McLaughlin. Anyway, we're going to shoot off. We're going to hear from Dale Budge. He's a motorsport enthusiast, and he'll come on and shed the light. What unfolded yesterday cookie, mate. <laughs> at Mount Panorama. Anyway, Dale Budge coming up shortly. Yes, welcome back. We're talking V8 supercars. It was all happening at Mount Panorama. Bathurst 1000 in Kempe. We have a new guest on the show. Yeah, that's right. The roar of the crowd was back at Bathurst, and well did the fans get wet. The wild weather put an early end to qualifying on Saturday, which didn't make much of a difference anyways. No one was safe from getting <laughs> bumped off the track early in that race, so Shane Van Gisbergen managed to stay out of trouble for most part and claimed a second win at Bathurst alongside Garth Tander. Well, that man from Pookie, the one and only Dale Budge, loves a bit of carnage. On the rugby league field? No, on the motorsport field. He's an enthusiast. He's on the line with us this morning. Morena Budgie, how's things, mate? Hey, boys. I'm good, thanks. What do you think, mate? What do you make of the racing up there? Did you like it? Did you like the wet weather? Oh, look, it certainly made it entertaining, didn't it? Um, yeah, crazy, crazy weekend of weather. It was, the, the race wasn't too bad in terms of the overhead conditions. There was a little sprinkle of rain within the first hour, and that was that was literally all we saw, but... The damage had been done in the, the days leading into it and through qualifying and practice because there was sort of standing water at a couple of parts on the outside sort of line of, of the racetrack. And then if, if anyone had any kind of excursion 
off the actual track itself, it was it was just game over. You're either in the fence or or stuck in you know some, some mud and bog. So uh, it made for really interesting racing. It made for a whole lot of drama. There was some crazy stuff early on with, uh, with the co-drivers. The opening stood a lot of co-drivers out there who aren't the sort of main game drivers. Not not you know perhaps as as um, you know had as much seat time as, as some of the top guys. Uh, just pulling some ridiculous moves in the in the opening stanza of the of the race, bonk, thousand k race. Why you try and make ballsy manoeuvres in the in the first couple of laps is beyond me. But it meant there were a lot of wreck race cars and a lot of fans that probably enjoyed themselves over the weekend. Yeah, do you, are you surprised there wasn't a, like a few little altercations or punches punch ups after all the accidents with what went on? Uh, it's not quite NASCAR, but it's probably, I mean, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> privately it wasn't far off, but there was pretty choice words in this lounge, because I'd had a sneaky little punt on Andre Heimgartner at 36-1 to 1 to, to win it. I, I thought, you know, like if you could buy a ticket to the, the last hour, as they say, Heimgartner in that car, if there is a bit of weather around, he's a really good, really good peddler, and at 36-1, to 1, I like those odds, but he was taken out on like the third or fourth lap of the race, he never even got behind the wheel of his car. So his co-driver started the race, and Clown tried to rejoin and sped across the track and took out two or three cars in the process. So that 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 was that. <laughs> yeah, you should have been listening oh. to us on Friday, Budgie. We gave out Giz at four to one, and you would have had a real good weekend there. That, one of the things they didn't do was a t- top ten shootout, which was cancelled for the first time in history. And did you think that played a big part in the results? Nah, nah not at all. I thought you summed it up nicely in the intro when. As I said, there was so much carnage. Um, it didn't really matter where you qualified. You know, and obviously, through qualifying, had that little altercation with Macaulay Jones. Still a very awkward moment. Not sure where I sort of stand on that. It, yeah, he clearly turned him around. But, you know, um, Jones had made a, a, a slight error on that lap. Shane was on the fastest lap of that session at the time. I kind of feel that Macaulay probably should have got out of the way of him. Um, Shane... And his explanation felt he was he was being let through, and by the time he committed, it was too late to bail out of it and turn him into the fence. So he got the he copped the three um, place grid penalty. It didn't make a blind bit of difference in the end. Um, but just disappointing for the fans because the shootout is, you know, from a from a spectacle, one car on the track at one time doing their thing. You got the whole mountain to yourself. It's a pretty a pretty amazing experience. And all those you know, I said that really is a you know, qualifying takes place Friday. Uh, with the positions from 11 on set. So Saturday's really about that shootout. So all the fans have turned up. First time in a couple of years there have been the restrictions around COVID and all of that. They'd have to sit there through the rain and all day just to be told, sorry, we can't do it. It was the right call. Like, it was way, way too dangerous to be to be racing. This, you know, these are half-million-dollar race cars. No one wants to see wrecked cars on a, on a Saturday. But, um, yeah, just really disappointing for the fans. No doubt the fans would have still carried on, mate. They look like they're having a ton of fun on that up there on the hill there. SVG win and Mostert top three was a $15 power play. So if you got on that, you would have got paid. Talk to us about SVG's race, mate. Look, it's pr- it looked pretty clinical, but he, he had to deal with a bit of adversity. Got a five-second uh, penalty for the uh, pit, leaving the pit in uh, erratic fashion, mate. So talk us through his performance. Pretty clinical in the end. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, he, he never put a foot wrong. Um, yeah, mm. the Garth Tander, his co-driver, did a great job. Yeah, that little five-second penalty where Garth rejoined, he probably need to needed to let the car, the, the, the preceding car, go, and then fallen behind. 
it was touch and go, probably the right call to, to give them the five-second penalty, but they dealt with it really well, um, as, as Triple Eight Racing tend to do. The um, fingers, but Garth, Garth Tander did a fantastic. Oh, he set that race one up. Um, you know, Tander had to do some some of the the really difficult laps when it was you know a changeable track in terms of conditions. That first hour, yeah, part of the track was so wet that it was throwing up spray, which means you really need to be on wet tyres. But half the track was in sunshine and, and bone dry, and, and you know, if you put wet tyres on, you're just going to destroy them in the, uh, in the in the dry conditions. So you had to sort of stay out there and, and on slick tyres, but in certain corners and certain parts of the track, it was absolutely treacherous. And you know, Dad did a great job to avoid all the carnage. You know, he didn't get into battles. You know, a couple of times drivers had a little bit of a look. He was happy to let them go and sit in behind, and then just you know, bide his time, knowing that the track had come to him, the car would come to them. Uh, as the weather got better and they handed it over to Shane who did a triple stint at the end, you know, Van Gisbergen was just, you know, never put a foot wrong. Um, you know, you continue to shake your head at how good this guy is. I've, I've had the fortune of being there to see him do what he did at the New Zealand Grand Prix at Jack's Ridge at the rally last weekend. Crazy. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, like, that is so taxing. I mean, we're talking five yeah. o'clock starts. Midnight finishes, it's not just the driving. The driving takes it out of you, but there's so much, you know, um, data analysis and, and computer work that goes on after you've, you've finished your day of driving to, to prepare yourself for the next day. And, you know, we got to, I got to the end of Sunday night absolutely knackered. This guy's done tenfold more than what I've done. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, he jumps on a flight and it flies to Bathurst and, and then starts the biggest week of the supercar season. Yeah, you know, straight on the back of it. it it's, you've got to tip your hat. The guy is, at the moment, I think, the best all-round motorsport driver on the planet, but um, he is so adaptable to anything. And if it wasn't for his body shape, I'm sure we'd see him in Formula 1. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big man. <laughs> yeah, he's sure a big, he's big a tall big guy. Just can't, just, just can't fit into those little cars, unfortunately. All the Formula 1 guys these days are midgets. Yeah, he is, mate. Hey, just quickly, end of an era for Holden fans. Do you think this will play an effect on viewership next year, mate? Just quickly. Potentially, I think at the you know the 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 you know, the bone end there is there is that element. I just thought it's a really weird one. You've kind of got your your, your car enthusiast grease monkeys that are you know are loyal to one brand and that that rivalry, the Ford Holden thing over the years. Yeah, I'm sure that will play a little bit of a factor in, in the sports mm. popularity, but. You know, you also get the high end as well, where there's, you know, it's, it's an expensive sport, it's not easy to get into, so there is a lot of money involved, um, and I think this is a natural progression, you know, it's the one motorsport category really on the planet that's trying to hang on to the combustion engine and, um, you know, hasn't, hasn't sort of started to look at, at going down the electric route. Um, mm. I don't know long term how long that is going to be sustainable for, maybe it's important to it keeps its popularity when other motorsport categories do do lose um, a little bit of that car enthusiast um, All right. sort of support. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Dale, appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll be back shortly. Listen as Ian Kimby for breakfast. Yes, we're coming up to 8 o'clock. And after 8, we're going to talk some Black Ferns with former captain Liz Alder. She is a part of the Spark Sports team, giving you all the coverage of the Rugby World Cup. I'll just see him. We had... Dale on, and Dale, Dale Budge was talking V8 supercars and gave us a little insight to what went on over the weekend. Have a listen. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ app. And well, you 
gets asked. I didn't ask question though. I didn't ask Dale what he thinks is wrong with New Zealand rugby because that would have just set him off, and then we would have went well, straight over the edge. He was giving us a good old play. But anyway, coming up, rugby. Can the Black Ferns go forward and do the job? Portia Woman has a weapon on attack, but she has a liability on defence. A message coming through. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Maintain bone strength with Oscillin Calcium and Vitamin D3 300 tablets. Now $32.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Is Ian Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ just after 8 o'clock. It's Monday, 10th of October, a big old weekend of sport to boot. We've been talking MLB, Major League Baseball. Eno Saras, come on, and he, oh, he threw out the name. Houston Astros to go and win it all. Probably the most hated team in Major League Baseball. But anyway, he's tipped them to go through and get the job done. Great to have you know on and, and talk about that. We also just had Dale Budge talking V8 supercars and SVG. Shane Van Gisbergen and Garth Tandick getting the job done. 19 wins for SVG to, well, have a record to boot. Taking it off Scotty McLaughlin. But right now, we talked Black Ferns earlier on. What a momentous occasion there at Eden Park. Had goosebumps. Wow. My heart was racing, the emotions were flowing. Saturday night belonged to the Black Ferns who walked out in front of a sold-out crowd at Eden Park to get their World Cup campaign underway. It was an incredible occasion, but one that almost sport by the Aussies who got off to a flying start against our woman, 17-0. Fortunately, the Black Ferns were able to tidy up mistakes and earned a dominant 41-17 win. Les Alda knows what it takes to win a World Cup, and the former captain turned spark sport analyst joins us this morning to reflect on what was an epic occasion for New Zealand. Thanks for joining us, Les. Appreciate your time. How are you doing? Thank you. Good, thank you. How are you guys? Oh, we are good. Mate, look, honestly, Saturday night, I was fizzed. I was actually fizzed. I, I, I was flicked... Smithy, Wayne Smith, a message that morning. I said, mate, I've just got 2011 goosebumps when we held the last World Cup back in New Zealand. The emotions were flowing. For you, was it similar? Were you just so proud standing there on the sidelines? Yeah, I was. Um, it was an awesome day. Like, all three games were amazing, but that last mm. spectacle was unreal. Like, the anthem, you know, Hinewehe Mohe, the significance of having oh. her sing that, 
then the standoff and the and the karanga, the haka, the aeroplane flying over top. Like it was just such a cool build up. Yeah, let's tēnā koe paiki te kōrero ki ākui i tātanei. Hey, um, the, the whole, the whole build-up, the, the, the occasion, do you think it, it might have got to the girls early on and it's good to get that one under their belt? Yeah, it probably did, actually. And, I mean, I, I had a few messages, you know, talking to a couple of the girls and they said, yeah, maybe just a bit of um, date fright, but it seemed like the trend of the day with all teams, you know, the first 40 minutes of mm. all three games by the, the dominant um, teams was a bit shaky. So the Black Ferns were different, I guess, and it sounds like from what Ruby Tui spoke about, it took a half-time, some hard discussions at half-time, <laughs> and they all came back a different team. So grateful for that, I guess. Yeah, grateful for that. I was listening to your commentary at halftime, and you pretty much touched on it, like defensively quite passive, and we're allowing Australia Australia to dictate things. But were there other things in that game that you've taken away that the, the Black Ferns really need to um, scrub up going forward? Yeah, obviously set pieces sort of been a, a work on mm. for a long time, and um, it showed on the weekend, I think Ozzy got that head right in front of the, the sticks, um, our line out, I think we won 50% of our line out. So those sort of things as we get closer to the big games need to be tidied up. I think um, even just an observation from the end on view I had on the day was our ruck chasing. It seemed to be we were, you know, our defence was quite narrow and which meant that the girls out wide, you know, were covering too much space and I don't know if that yeah. contributed to them doing a slide D, but um, we just get, need to get that defendable space right, you know, pick our times at the ruck so that we've got ladies on feet to get up hard. Liz, we're talking a little bit about the kicking game um, this morning too, and it wasn't a, a highlight of our, our Black Ferns. Do you think that that needs to be um, at another level too as the, as the games get, I guess, up against the, the, um, the better teams, the game, games get, to, get on for field position? It 100% does, and, and that's something I sort of talked about on Saturday as well, was our kicking game just wasn't relieving enough pressure. I think there was a kick from Kendra Coxedge um, with a try-line dropout. It just didn't get us down the park as far as we would have liked to, so we were back on, you know, playing from our 22 again. You play England and France, they'll penalise you in those areas, you know, and the discipline area as well is an issue because those Northern Hemisphere teams will just kick for the corner and more try, um, and their success rate of that is, is pretty phenomenal. So, yeah, the kicking definitely needs to be um, looked in, looked at. Yeah, yeah. I just because I saw a stat during that game, and I think we kicked 28 meters compared to Australia's 230 meters. So, that kind of yeah. gave me the feel that we're not really confident at our kicking. Like, you, you feel like Kendra could kick a little bit more off the base or Ruahe or Renee Holmes can get into positions to relieve that pressure. Have they got the skills to to kick or are they just a little bit gun-shy? Because I felt like they were running it from their 22. And like you said, you can't do that against England France. They'll punish you. Yeah, I mean, I guess risk versus reward, and I think Smithy's big on the risk factor. Yeah. Um, so maybe, yeah. they're running it. <laughs> maybe they're running it isn't such a bad thing. It's probably picking our times when to do it and being confident to to fall back on the kick if we have to. I 100% believe that those girls have the skill set and ability to execute a better kicking game than we've seen on Saturday. But probably like you said, maybe just a little bit gun-shy, maybe just not quite getting that balance of risk versus reward. When do we apply it? When do we not? 
What about the um, the Ruby Tuies and the and the Stacey Flulers, the 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 action packed oh. sort of football that they bring to <laughs> the Black Ferns? Uh, do you see that being a, I guess, a big part of the rest of the tournament? Yeah, I mean, how good are those girls? You know, they're just world class. I mean, Ruby's been a part of the program all year, so she's she switched on her 15s brain. I guess Stacey's transitioned with what 20 minutes in a Japanese game, and look what she did on the weekend. <laughs> and then Porsche's just oh, she's one of a kind. You know, so those girls are going to be so important for this team, especially when you're coming up against, you know, the the Claudia McDonalds and the Abby Dales of the, the English teams. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, some of those tries and, and the try assists that, you know, Stacey and Ruby created probably were out of nothing. I think that last try Ruby got, that was just individual brilliance. Oh, man, she was so classy. I, I, I was actually surprised. I spoke to Kempi at the start. I said, you know, I've been a, a Ford in the sevens game, and Trish has been a Ford. I was like, a bit questionable on her, on her speed, but, man, she had some gas. I was like, wow, go, Rubes. Yeah. Show us how to do it. Hey, as a, as a fellow loose Ford, and, um, you know, like seeing the impact of Sarah Hidden, you had Charmaine McMenamin, and you had Mick Alley, too, who had a phenomenal performance. But our ability to... to attack the breakdown and get genuine turnovers mm. for you, how do we get those mm. girls to have their biggest influence on the game? Yeah, I think that comes, because that was an area of the game that I was really just personally watching, I guess, um, mm. and, and I'd probably say that we're not turning enough ball over or influencing yep. the breakdown as we'd like to. Um, so they've got to get that balance right as well, and I think what I did see was, again, I mentioned earlier, just a bit too ruck-happy, so picking our rucks which ones are we going to be yep. more effective at? Um, because I think we were sort of honeypotting or not fully committing. I did see a couple of times we'd go in sort of half. Um, whereas once you got your head down, you just got to stay in there and fight. Hey, Liz, you've been there. You've done that. Uh, you got the T-shirt. What What do the girls really need to do after the first uh, the first game, do you think? Oh, I think what we've just talked about, set piece, we need to tidy up our defence. We need to execute our kicking game. Um, but probably the biggest thing is you can't start playing rugby from the 30-minute mark. So hopefully that is out of their system. Um, and these girls know that, you know, from the get-go, from that first whistle, we've got to be firing. So hopefully we can see changes in those areas next weekend or this weekend. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure we will, Smithy, no doubt. Alan Bunting, you got Whitney Hanson in there. They'll no be making some changes. But on the other performances, quickly, Les, you've obviously got England well, demolishing Fiji, showing their class. You've got France putting on an OK performance against um, South Africa there. And then yesterday's performance, Wales taking on Scotland, just getting the job done. Italy beating USA and probably the upset of the weekend. So the other performances... Who do you think's probably the, well, gaining the most confidence out of their performance in the previous games? Oh, I think England are going to take huge confidence out of what they created in that second half on Saturday. Um, I think one of the differences between them and, you, and the Black Ferns was they had team tries. Um, yeah. We had some sort of individual brilliance tries. So, yeah, they're going to be a tough team. Um, to beat. I think we definitely have the ability to do it, but they'll be taking huge confidence out of that up against a real physical BG team for the first part of that game. Um, I think a big game this weekend is going to be Fiji-South Africa. I think that's going to be an exciting game to watch this weekend.
obviously at France, England too. That's a massive game this uh, this week. Oh, that's going to be huge. Just just on England quickly. You've played them many times. They're just a well drilled team. Very very structured. How do you feel like yeah. we could break them? How do you break the English side? Because they they just look like unbreakable at the moment, but they are surely. Yeah, look, I mean, I I thought that Fiji actually rocked them a little bit for that first part with their physicality. Um, Obviously, that sort of fizzled out. But I think if you can, you know, send that physical message from the start, it's going to be a battle of your type fives for for that initial stage of the game. If we can can start with a real dominant, or any team really, real dominant physical game up front um, and nail all our, you know, set piece and things like that, then it's a battle for anybody. But... As, lo- as soon as you give that team just a bit of, you know, bit of flow, they're away. Um, mm. They are, they have the fastest breakdowns or fastest rucks in the whole competition. You know, I think less than three seconds mm. a ruck. Um, so we need those Lucys to be affecting the breakdown to slow their ball. Yeah, for sure. And that was probably the the big shining light on the weekend. You touched on, I touched on it earlier. Just our we weren't able to get bodies in front of bodies, so we're always chasing crossfield and putting our outsides under so much yeah. pressure. They need to work on it. They made the change at half time and they got the result in the end. Les Elder, former Black Ferns captain and World Cup winner, we appreciate you coming on the show, shedding some light. You're doing a fantastic job for Spark Sport. Keep it up <laughs> and uh, we'll chat to you soon, my friend. Thank you so much, Les. Cool. Thanks, Jen. See you later. See ya. There she is, Les. Pretty much summarising what we spoke about earlier, Kempi, just a real inkling to what the Black Ferns need to do. And she's obviously a former mm. loose forward. And how do they have the most impact? Look, Sarah Hidney and Mikaeli too, Charmaine McMenamin, were a very good ball in hand defensively. I watched the start of that game, mate. There were some of those hits. I was like, holy hecka. This is, um, this is pretty, pretty brutal. This is pretty yeah. brutal, a World Cup for sure. But... Um, yeah, the changes needed necessary. You're pretty happy with what uh, Liz had to say. Oh, 100% smart, smart uh, analyst. You know, talking about uh, their end-on view and watching how they're chasing the football around and the compressed defensive line. That was really interesting for me to hear that Wayne Smith is playing a, com- a compressed um, defensive line and giving the edges a lot more work to do. Um, so he's back in his speed. He's trying to keep his spacing right with the girls. Obviously. You play a compressed defensive line against the big side because you need to get numbers into the tackle. Um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting hearing other people's thoughts on on what's needed. The kicking game, though, as you touched on it, that's a big part. Mm. Like they can't get that yeah. right. I'm just wondering, like Wayne Smith, you know, he was a kicking coach too, as you know, um, with the All Blacks yeah. on in the early days. Whether or not he's taught the girls, um, the ladies, sorry, how to how to actually kick. A football, I'd be teaching them to drop punt kick as opposed to a spiral kick, and just getting them to, to to put that action through. You know, using using the power that they've got in their leg and and hitting that ball properly. So, I'd say it'd be a big part of their training session this week is that, is is getting through that kicking and those kick options properly so that they don't get caught short on it next time. Yeah, well, uh, Smithy's head. Um... Dan Carter in there, so the best of the best, trying to uh, offer them some encouragement and giving them the right technique. I think it's just more confidence, hey, having confidence that they've done the work and to get them to those positions to relieve pressure, and uh, they really need to. They can't run it everywhere against uh, the Englands and uh, anyone, really. They're lucky that they got away with it and they were getting a few couple of offloads, and I love the confidence from the Blackburns to be able to throw the ball around in their own 22 and, 
and chance around. And just on that defence, Kempe, um, Wayne Smith is a very traditionalist. He does like holding and, and the push, which is real old school. Mm. It has its part in the game. But also, what was going wrong with them on the weekend is the ladies weren't getting into position where they had bodies on bodies. They were mm. actually in between players, and so they didn't know who they are. very indecisive, and that's when you've got to come up and you've got to push out. If you're on a body and if you've got bodies on bodies, then you have the ability to come forward and put that pressure on. They made that change in the second half, and you could see it. They were getting off the line and pressuring Australia and, and getting the job done. But in particular, there's a message come through about Portia Woodman. Very good on attack. There was a couple of occasions there on the outside edge where she came in and she, she isolated Renee Holmes, and Renee Holmes was uh, up against a quality wing in Australia and just one-on-one one too hard. But Portia could have helped there, so I'd love to see Portia this week just really work on her connections on the outsides, her, her marking up, telling uh, Renee who she's got and giving Renee confidence that she knows she's got last. So they were just a little bit indecisive. That was probably my only qualm on Portia. Ball in hand, lethal. Maybe a two-on-one draw and pass. I know Wayne Smith would have got into it about that. I don't know if you've seen that. Renee Holmes was the outsider and she had a two-on-one. She beat the winger and she just scored. But if she didn't, she would have got bloody... She would have got ripped apart. But um, defensively, she works on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she would have been a targeting clip. But um, other than that, mate, I was, I was reasonably happy. I'm, I'm generally excited. And like I said earlier, hopefully we can get people to support these girls, get around them, these ladies, sorry, get around them and get out there and, and, and show them that we really uh, appreciate what they're doing and we're right behind them. Yeah, nice, nice, and a lot of confidence in that defen- um, defensive structure too. Eh? Is you know you've got to you've got to trust your insides when you're coming up and sliding to make that tackle because you've got your back. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. I think if you turn your back on a player and you're just allowing them to run through a hole, it puts a hell of a lot of pressure on that inside defender to make sure that they come up with that tackle. So that's how that's how that's how it plays out. I mean, he obviously he's worked it out, and that that's how they're going to win games. So. Yeah, a bit of, bit of tidying up the goers, but yeah, nice nice chat there from Les and around what she sees um, is needed to improve because that's the main thing. They need to improve going going forward. Yeah, and the set piece. Set piece as well. 50% line-out success, no good, no good. Like, it's all good and well. You want to play an unstructured game, you want to throw the ball around, you want to do this, don't do this, but if you can't win your own scrum and line-out, you've got no chance. So no doubt Crono and Whitney Hansen will be doing as much as possible this week. To shore that up. Message here from Goose. Morning, lads. Just trying to work out how it was a seller as it looked half empty. It was a spectacle, though, the entertainment and the game. Yeah, Goose, look, I, I read something that 6,000 ticket holders didn't turn up. So, yeah, look, other than that, there was a few empty seats. Um, but, man, it was a it was a, a perform, uh, stadium and, and atmosphere to boot. And you can hear it through the TV. It was... It was crazy, and no doubt the girls loved it. But, yeah, I had my qualms too, mate. I had my qualms. I saw a few empty seats here. But, hey, sold-out stadium. The girls are up, and they, the ladies are up, and they really appreciate it. I've got to stop saying girls and ladies, Kimpy. Hey. It's because I've got a little <laughs> yeah, baby we, girl. We know so that. I just yeah, call it a girl. We, <laughs> yes, I know. We've had, um, we've had a couple of conversations with our, our wahine tour in and around making sure that we're using the word ladies. So we're, we're, uh, we're getting there, ladies, and uh, just persevere with me and Izzy. We'll make sure that we're, we're getting the right, um, the right terminology out there. Yeah, for sure. We'll do our best. Anyway, coming up, Craig Grills. 
Well, you punters out there, how'd you go on the punt? Yes, a few of you got paid on the SVG Tander, Chaz, Fabian, both top three. $6.50, great wee power play bet. That, yes, boy, Brendan. So he got paid. How'd you go on the GGs? How'd you go on the horses? Double eight, double three, because Craig Grills is coming up later in the show, and he rode La Creek. La Creek. La Creek brained him. Brained them in the Arrowfield plate. How good was that? What's La Creek going to do next, eh? If you're wondering, stay tuned, because... Craig Grills will come on and shed some light on it. We're going to shoot away and we'll come back shortly to talk some punting because we love it. Yes, welcome back. Coming up to 8.30 before we hear from Aroha and get a little update what's going on in the news. We'll read a few messages. 49ers all day, Joe. Let's go. No chance. No chance, mate. No chance. Joey shout. <laughs> and well, I'll make sure he's eating noodles for the rest of the week if we go somewhere nice. Anyway... Going to come up to talk to Brendan. Uh, Brendan sent a message through SVG, Tanda, and Chaz and Fabian, both top three at $6.50. Kempe, great wee power play bet that. Yes, yeah. boy. $6. Man, there's some good odds. That power play with uh, SVG to win and Mostert to top three, 15 bucks. Mm. Adam Fahey coming through. That is juicy because Mostert won it last year. So he was defending yeah. champ. And uh, SVG, obviously two of the best drivers, so you win some money there, mate. You do all right on the punt, Kimpy? Nah, mate, I had uh, I had a little multi on the weekend. Darcy LaBella? Imper- yeah, put that in, but uh, Imperatriz and Dynastic let me down. Real, real <laughs> surprising how they both uh, didn't want to run. And listen to Mark Walker saying that he's putting Imperatriz out in the paddock for... A little bit of a, a break. He thinks the first up run and uh, Hawke's Bay might have might have um, blown a couple of flat tyres. So um, needs a bit of a needs a bit of a rest. But dynastic, yeah, that was really disappointing as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, look, I, I watched a fair bit of what was going on and stayed away from the punt. Um, all but that little multi. And um, it sounds like is plenty plenty people had some nice little play on the uh, on the Mount Pana, uh, Panorama. And picked up mm. um, the Giz, the Giz and his power plays, and some plenty of juicy odds there. Yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Plenty out there did though, Kimpy. Uh, yeah, it was a tough weekend on the punt. Absolutely tough one. Couldn't pick anything. But hey, might have a wee pungal racing on Wednesday there, Kimpy. So we'll keep yes, you up to date, yes, everyone. Fun. And Paulie Moati, well, he's too busy today. He must be having a Monday off. A Monday off. Uh, MDO, Monday off. So uh, for Paulie Mwati, so once he comes on, we'll, we're going to get a wee up there. Warwick Farm, Warwick Hills, is it Warwick Farm? Warwick Hills. Warwick Farm. Warwick Farm, yeah, on Wednesday, Pungle's being put into race over there. And uh, if it draws well, it'll get a start, and uh, we'll yeah. keep you up to date. Hopefully, uh, I reckon, yeah, it's, it's going to, it'll go, give itself a chance anyway. And hopefully Paul Willie Mwati will boost those odds. So stay tuned. A few more messages coming up. We're going to get uh, Choices Flooring Poll result from Joe. Hopefully he's uh, got that all correct. And he comes through and gives us a wee update. Anyway, before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand.
is in Kempi for breakfast. We are 27 away from nine. Only 27 more minutes till Izzy's hopeless Panthers face my 49ers. Let's go. <laughs> George is flooring the whole time. Oh, do that again. Go that, do that again. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. nice. I didn't I like play it. much sport, boys. Um, George is flooring. George <laughs> <laughs> flooring spring catalog. Inspiring savings and carpet timber hybrid luxury vinyl window furnishings and rugs. Okay, we're one game down. Who are you backing to win the Women's Rugby World Cup? 51% say the Black Ferns, 46% say England, and just 3% say Aussie. So it's close, boys. It is closer than, you know... Well, I mean, you, you guys may feel like it was a bit of a silly poll, but it is extremely tight at the top. I was pretty impressed by England. They got my vote. Um, and yeah and no, I'm not very faithful boys and another thing <laughs> <played> Fiji. <laughs> another thing that I was going to put as the choice flooring poll is NPC that we mentioned earlier you can call us on the Kenneth Hire phone line 0800 811 who's going to win it four teams left Left is it Canterbury Bad Plenty Wellington or Auckland oh look it's, it's a it's a good question. Look, it's Canterbury's to lose. Look, let's be honest, it's Canterbury's to lose. But if anyone can come down here, I, I actually genuinely think Bad Plenty can come down here and have an upset. Down here in, in Ōtetahi Christchurch, from what I've seen and the coaching group they've got, they are very creative with their thinking. Like Mike Delaney, very creative and very smart player back in his day. He's head coach. They've got quality all around the park. You've got Caleb Trask running the cutter for them, and he's doing good. Tahuru Rangi, halfback, has um, you know, been around for a while now, so experienced. He's playing extremely well. He's given them good front ball. You've got Manaki Salby Rickett in the locking department, Naitoa Koi on the left flank, and you've got Nigel R. Wong on the outside, who's probably the biggest winger a la Tavita Lee in the competition. Hey, they, honestly, I think they can come down to it. But Canterbury's to lose, Kempi, for sure. Mm. Yeah, good competition. It's been like that all year. Mm. You just, uh, you never you never know. Is I, I think Canterbury are warm favourites to, uh, to, to hold on to it. But, you know, who would have thought that the Bay, um, after losing that game to Waikato last week, would come back and reverse it? They get a chance this week. Yeah, um, yeah. Wellington. You know they get they get up and you know they're the they're the Smokies because if they're on they're on, you oh, know yeah. they go they go real good, um, and I just don't think Auckland have hit those dizzy heights that we all expected at the beginning of the year. So well, who knows who knows I, I I'm with you I'm I think it's Canterbury's to lose but yep the Bay they they're the surprise package this year. Yeah, Wellington will will beat Auckland. Easy, I reckon. Auckland, like you said, just seen limping through the competition, got the job done on the weekend, but they've had a few hiccups along the way, and yeah, just, just showed a bit of a few dinks in their armour, for sure. Wellington will be too good. Wellington, Wellington, Canterbury final, I'm pretty, mm, but they have plenty. They asked my smokey. Well, who do you think? Double eight, double three, temper bed post text machine. Give us a message. Who do you think's NPC finalist? Who's looking the goods? Who's going to get the job done? Can Bay Plenty upset Canterbury and go down to Autotahi Christchurch and do the job? they got a good chance in my books anyway. Message coming through. What about Jared Wairia Hardgraves at prop there, Kempi? Jared yeah, Wairia well, Hardgraves. Big chance? I, look, I don't think you go past the Penrith. I just don't think you go past the Penrith starting front row. You know, they're the, they're the engine room that get the job done, so... 
Uh, Jared, Jared's good cover. You know, you've you've got two bench spots for the middle. Um, whether they carry, yeah. you know, Jared, you've got Nelson and Sefa Solomona too, the big the big um, guy that can either play edge or middle, and Jesse oh, Bromwich. Yeah. You know, that three decent players to to carry on the bench. So yeah, what well, that's what I mean. Like I, I reckon. He's having a few sleepless nights at the moment, just think working out what his uh, front row rotation is because that's a tough one. It is a real tough one so, to pick, and he's got to get it right. It's not a bad problem to have, Gimby. It's not a bad problem to have for Madge going for Knowing the squad he's been able to select, select from, he's having sleepless nights. Knowing that you can't even have Jared Whitey or Hargraves, who's been on the team for years and done everything possible to give a position out there, and you've got competition galore. Jesse Bromwich might even potentially not even be playing with Tarpane, probably the best prop in the game, or you know, best player in the game in the middles. Mate, it's, it's crazy. So good problem to have, Kempi. Good problem yeah. to have. We'll keep you updated throughout the week, no doubt. We'll talk some more league throughout the week, Kempi. Lebanon, full-strength team taking on them later in the week. You pick well, your best yeah. team? Well, I think so. I think you put your best team out first up. You give them a because you, you've got to get the combinations right. You've got to think about the problem that they have is in left centre. So does Sebastian and Chris get that left centre spot? Scored a hat trick on the weekend. He looked really good carrying the football. Good finisher. I I thought um, Tomoko. They they probably I would have gone for Tomoko over Sebastian Chris myself out of the other Canberra centre to take with the Kiwis. But you know it is what it is. That's the that's the area. And I think you've got to put, you know, they had eight first first team players sitting out the game. So I reckon you've got to play them all up first up, see what the combinations look like. And then you've got at least a couple of couple of games up your sleeve to tweak it before the semis, the quarters in the semis. So, um, yeah, interesting. It'll it'll be interesting to see how he's actually going to run with it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go, Kempi, for sure. All black squad, lads, thoughts, queries, concerns. Well, we spoke about it earlier, Brad. Look, I don't know when the All Blacks 15's named. I'm pretty sure it's going to be shortly and there'll be some names that missed out. Damien McKenzie will be 100% part of that squad. Stephen Perofeta will get a chance to play against Japan. And Anton Leonard-Brown, well, he makes it up. He comes back into the team uh, to fill. He's firing too, isn't he? Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. Oh, he looked he, good, he, didn't he? He actually he? looked really good. He um, mm. even fit, mate. You know, like he's tra- obviously trained yeah. the house down while he's had the break and... And got his got himself right in his body, right in that, that first game back. The confidence oh, I've come back with a a serious shoulder injury, and I remember the the first game I had a. You know, I don't know if you ever worn them those braces that you you tie around your your chest and they pull your arms, and so you can't lift them lift them above your head, so keep your your shoulder mm. nice and stable. But for weeks, for weeks, I just you know I just knew I wasn't that confident on that left shoulder. Um, yep. So for him to come back and put that that game in and. Get named in the in the All Black side, mate. Well done, well done to yeah. our mate. Yeah, totally agree, mate. Great to have him back in the part of that team. We'll come back and react that. But before then, we got Craig Gills, Grills coming up. Grillsy, he rode La Creek, La Freak on the weekend at Brainham at Mata Mata, and we're going to get all his reaction to that performance there by the great four-year-old mayor, Craig Grills, coming up. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yes, welcome back. All you cricket fans will be happy to know it is sunny down here. Beautiful weather over the weekend. And, well, New Zealand cricket's decision to bring the cricket down here is paying off. It's paying dividends. And, well, someone else that's paying dividends is our next guest here, Kempi. 
Yes, mate, that's right. La Creek, or should I say La Freak, was back to her winning ways after trouncing the competition <laughs> Saturday's Group 1. Arrowfield stud plate held at Matamata. And the mayor comfortably beat out in Imperatriz. And there's now rumours that she'll head over to Australia to compete in the coming weeks. Grillsy sat aboard the champion horse, and we thought we'd get his take on just how unreal it was. Coming around that corner, 250 metres to go, and Grillsy's let the accelerated down, hit the medal to the pedal, Grilsy. Mate, you must be happy. Good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Um, yeah, she's she's certainly something special, of course. Um, I think probably one of the better ones I've sat on, to be honest. Mate, what what makes her so special, Grilsy? Like, she just brained them, absolutely brained them. Yeah, I don't know. She's got a really high cruising speed, and I don't know, she's just, just the way she does everything, it just does it so easy. It's just so natural for her. Um, yeah, she's just got a really, really big will to win too. Um, yeah, it just, it just makes my job very easy, that's for sure. She has a big heart. But talk to us about the track, because she made it look so easy. But then you look at another horse like Imperatriz, he just looked out on the feet. Like The track conditions, were they were they quite soft and, and, and tough? Uh, no, the track, track played really good on Saturday at Matamata. Um, it was probably... Like, it was unfortunate for Hastings that it was um, called off the week before with the rain, but I think in the long run it's probably actually worked out quite good getting a decent surface. Um, but, yeah, she's... she's um, Her work going into... Her work on Wednesday morning going into Saturday was... Um, yeah, I've never, I've never been so confident going into a big race um, going by, going by work anyway. So, yeah, she was top-notch. Yeah, we got you on a week too late, eh? We must remember that one, Grillsy. <laughs> hey, um, tell us, tell us, Grillsy, La Creek. What, what, what have you, got, uh, you guys got planned for? Her? What's the talk? Because there's rumours that she might be heading over to Australia to compete. Are you staying around for the Livermore, or are you heading over to Aussie sooner rather than later? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not actually too sure. I've, I've, we went, went and had dinner with Simon and Katrina on Saturday night after the races, and they just want to let the um, dust said I haven't spoken to them since then, since Saturday night, but um. Yes, I'm not too sure exactly what the plan is, but I think, you know, Aussie's definitely on the cards. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of investigation, investigating maybe Golden Rose is on the card potentially for La Creek. When you compare, like you can't compare, but you think La Creek going over to Australia and competing the best against the best of the best, fair chance if you can. From what you've seen over there, you've got a good, good chance heading over and, and doing the job. Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah, she she looks like she's going to Australia. That's for sure. Um, she's one of our high high class horses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what yeah. what makes uh, the challenge and the threat of Australia such a warranted one? What what, what is what is enticing about it? Obviously, the 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 money is obviously a big pull. But what what is it about Australia? Is it just that I love hate with the Aussies? You want to go get one done as a Kiwi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always good too, I guess. It's always good too, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely the Australian prize money is very good over there too. Um, yeah, so I know that they're either looking at, they're either looking at the Golden Rose, um, the Golden Eagle, sorry, or the um, the Empire Rose at Flemington, I believe it is. So and I think they've just got to weigh up between those two. Yeah. Hey, Grils- hey Grilsy, will they, will they take you over um, as the rider as well? Will you, will you hold that ride if she does go to Australia? Oh, I'm not too sure yet. Yeah, so we've sort of that's that's up in the air. But um, you know, uh, 
hopefully I get to go. But if, if I don't, that's 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 all good as well. Um, good luck. Yeah, all, all the same. It's, it's, she's going to be exciting over there. Well, mate, you gave us an exciting thrill on Saturday when she came around that bend. Uh, you jumped well. She's oh, you, you dominated the you dominated <laughs> the race, and when I took that head-on view, and she's uh, taken off at the two fifty. One, you know, got put five lengths on, and that was shut the gate, mate. Grillsy's home <laughs> on the group one. So well done, mate. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Uh, go well. All the best. I hope they do take you because if you're winning by five lengths on. On uh, La Creek, you're my jockey. I would, as an owner, say you've got to get Grillsy <laughs> over there. All right, he knows how to yeah, ride it. So yeah. all the best, mate. I hope, I hope it works out for you. Nah, cheers, guys. All the best, though. Thanks. There he is, Craig Grills. Money. He'd be having full pockets, wouldn't he, Kempi? Oh, I'd say you get a couple of slings back for that one. <laughs> on, uh, on Saturday, yeah, big night winning Group 1. So like, that was really impressive um, from La Creek. No, no talk about it, you know, Mark Walker talking up in Peritrees that uh, even even just hearing there from Craig that the, the track played out really well is really surprising now on Imperatries that mm-hmm. she got the she got the ground as well and and didn't want to run so um, might be something else there might be a little bit of a um, an injury to Imperatries there because she's not travelling that well especially in that one I mm-hmm. thought she'd be a lot closer than that to La Creek they came around on that home bend uh, Izzy and La Creek, La Creek took the inside and took off and and. Uh, Imperatriz was right on her heels, just didn't kick. That was it. Was flattened yeah. out and be pretty disappointed. Mark Walker um, with Imperatriz and it's showing in the uh, in the Group One on Saturday. And like you said, I read this morning, it's uh, out in the paddock, it's having a break. He thinks it might have been too tough early on for him and just needs a spell. So, well done to La Creek and and all the connections. Uh, Grillsy, well done for getting the job done. And yeah, good good talking to the. The jockeys after Group One, they get a big, big smile, and you can hear it in their voice that they're real happy picking that up. Well, I'm glad Smithy's not on because I've done it again. Golden Rose, Golden Eagle, <laughs> Empire Rose. <laughs> did you watch that? Did you? Oh, I woke man. up Saturday I morning and it was all over Twitter. <laughs> Just yeah. laughing. He's had a uh, he's had a crack up at us. His time will come. Don't uh, worry about that. Yeah, his time will come. I don't know when it will come because he's away today. Have we got Ricardo on there, Joey? No, I don't think so. Is he Is he away? You... I think Ricardo. Nah, I don't know. I can't see him on the camera. Anyway, we're going to shoot off. We'll come back shortly and uh, hopefully we'll cross over to Smithy. Back soon. Gents, I got told by Connections La Creek two months ago to punt her in the Cox Plate. I did it 21s, Graham. 21s, Graham. Cox Plate? Fooey. Soon see, eh? We just had Craig Grills on. He rode La Creek on the weekend to that fantastic winner, Arrowfield Plate, just brain them in the end. Is she going to head over to Australia and take on the best in the world? Smithy, morning to you. Good morning, Israel. How are you this morning? Very good, mate. Only a few slip-ups today, but not too bad. How was your weekend, my friend? Well, I did uh, rugby in Wellington, so uh, Hawks Bay not quite good uh. enough to uh, get up over, they came back and got their noses in front, which was quite unbelievable, uh, and then they gave it away again. So good luck to Wellington. Um, they've had a great season. Um, and then uh, I think four worthy semi-finalists going into the NPC this weekend. Great. Fantastic. Nice, mate. Yeah, Hawks Bay, you can't go in a half-time, 18-0 down. I think you're going to come back and get the job done, mate. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. No doubt you have a jam-packed show. Talking cricket, rugby, all things sport. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks very much for all your messages coming through. Louis will be back on the show to wow, bring us home. Anyway.
Back tomorrow. Take it. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.